gentlemen, what the CBO's excellent and gross man has Time Signal Productions presents The Drowning Isle, a radio drama by Andy Garland. Chapter 2, Morrison. If you're scared of heights, you shouldn't climb up there. October 4th, 2016. I'm scared. I'm scared I'm never going to move past it. I'm scared it's never going to leave me, and I'm scared it's not over. This is bullshit. Hey. Hey yourself. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm... I'm sorry I had to leave last night. Yeah, I saw what happened. You did? You just took off in a sprint for the door. I think you almost knocked someone over. Yeah, that was... I didn't mean to... Are you all right? I... I think the crowds just got to me. I'm really sorry. Hey, it's cool. Our set wasn't that great anyways. Look... I know you're dealing with some stuff, and it's not going to be things I'm going to understand. Just send me a text and let me know where you're at. I was really worried about you. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, I just... didn't feel safe. Okay. It, it wasn't... That's all I need to hear. Look, I'm stuck at the library today until four, but if you think some company might help, I'm happy to come by. I'd like that. Yeah. Okay. If you need me to pick up anything on the way, let me know. I've got to get back to... Yeah, yeah, of course. See you soon. Hey. Erica, hey. I came as soon as I heard. Claire, I'm so sorry. Thanks, Erica. Thanks. Are you... Yeah, I read the report. They're gonna want me to explain some shit I really can't. Well, that makes two of us. Uh, ready? Claire, Erica, have a seat. Did you go home at all? I... There's a couch down on the second floor. Okay. Okay. October 5th, 2016, debriefing regarding the incident at the Skull Pub on Gabriola Island. Myself, Agent Claire McConnell, analysis, present in person alongside Erica Chow, recovery. Joining us via teleconference is the rest of management in the Prairie, Eastern, and Atlantic offices. 
I want to start off by saying that Agent Morrison was a very brave, very dedicated asset to our team. His family have been contacted and arrangements are being made for his funeral as we speak. As to the matter of how this occurred, Claire, do you want to begin? Okay, so, late on the evening of the 3rd, Agent Gil Morrison was at the Skull Pub on Gabriola Island. Weather was impeding the last ferry out for the night, and he was having a drink to pass the time. Aside from the bartender, there were no other persons in the bar at the time. The recovered footage from the security camera inside the bar, as well as the one from the ATM near the doorway, showed that two individuals entered the bar. The first one we estimate to be over six feet tall, wearing a large coat, heavy boots, and what we assume to be hand-sewn clothing. This man had a thick beard, unkempt hair, identified himself as Henry during his discussion with Morrison. As we had reason to believe that this individual was responsible for the deaths of three kayakers on Valdez Island, Morrison attempted to apprehend and interrogate the subject. The subject, Henry, managed to seize Morrison by the arm, even after being shot in the stomach at point-blank range by the agent's service weapon. Immediately after being grabbed by Henry, Morrison began to choke. He died shortly thereafter. The second individual who lingered at the entrance and didn't show up enough on camera to get a solid visual did the same thing to the bartender. Then they left. The camera outside showed them heading down to the harbor, but we don't have anything on them after that. Right, all right. One thing at a time. Erica, you've gone through the autopsy report. What happened to our man? Uh, the report shows that Morrison died from asphyxiation, or more specifically, drowning. Both of his lungs were full of seawater. The bartender went the same way. Seawater? Yes, sir. You're telling me they drown on dry land? I'm afraid so, sir. One second he was speaking and acting perfectly fine, and the next, I mean, it's impossible, but- Well, clearly, it's fucking not. And then these two perps vanished into thin air after killing our man and a bystander. Sir, have we suspended operations yet? Excuse me? Look, this was... This was clearly some kind of message. This was targeted. Between this and the breach back in December, we should be pulling every asset in and locking things down until we know what's going We're on. We're not suspending operations. Then we should at least- All the assets are staying put where they are. Sir! I think that's going to wrap things up for now. People's lives are at risk. In my office. Now. This can't be right. No shit. I mean, aside from whoever these new players are, Arthur fucking hates risks. Yeah, well, a lot of good that did us. Hey. It's good to see you. Now, how long are you in town for? Well, they're still bringing in stuff from the school pub for me to go over, so once that's done... Okay. Cool. Do you, like... Do you have someone? Someone? That you can talk to? I used to. Okay, let's try this again. I've got a funny relationship with memory these days. There's a whole person-sized hole in it, and I just... I get nervous. 
You ever walk into a room and then just stop and wonder what it was you came in there for in the first place? That feeling scares me now. Hollis suggested I start keeping a journal again. If only to help myself be more confident in my day-to-day -day recollections. So, without further ado, here it goes. Everyone knows about mother. That's the phrase the waitress passed along to me. The note she gave to me just said, keep what's coming to yourself. I should turn this over to Claire and her people. I, I know I should. I just... Every time I try to ask about what I experienced, when I pull on those threads, they just stonewall me. So, in all likelihood, it wasn't an isolated incident. Which makes the phrase, everyone knows about mother, even worse, all things considered. And then the morning happened. I had to take the garbage down, and on my way back up, I saw there was one of those little leaflets stuck to my mailbox. Sorry we missed you. Like, the kind you get when the delivery man can't be bothered to look up your buzzer number. There was, apparently, a package waiting for me at the post office down the street. I wasn't expecting anything. In the future, I'd appreciate it if you didn't contradict me directly while we're on a call with every other manager. Yeah, a real sorry about that. I get it, alright? You two were close and you're hurting, but we have protocol to follow here. So, leaving everyone out there at risk, that's protocol? Look, at least let me bring in Zoe De Beers. Out of the question. She was contacted by someone who knows about Mother. You saw the report. I did, and that's exactly why we're staying out of it. If we have a third party in the mix, and they're reaching out to Zoe, this is giving us one hell of an opening no, to- No, they reached out to her to give her a warning. Claire, this is a golden opportunity to learn more about the other players, about whoever Henry is. Jesus. So your orders, Claire, are pretty straightforward. You keep monitoring Zoe without her knowledge. We learn as much as we can about whoever's trying to contact her, and when the time is right, we'll bring her in. So you're just going to gamble with We her. have something they're interested in, and this could advance our understanding by leaps and fucking bounds. Someone. Sorry? We have someone they're interested in. <laughs> Not something. We're not comfortable with this. You can request to be put on leave. Given the circumstances, I don't think anyone could blame you. Claire? No, sir. That won't be necessary. The package didn't have a return address. Just this big, bulgy, manila envelope. Lots of bubble wrap. I went next door to this rundown coffee shop, got myself a double-double, and I opened it. The only thing inside was a cheap-ass burner flip phone, the kind you can just buy at a 7-Eleven if you're desperate, or looking to sell some drugs. 
there was a battery and SIM card, separate. When I put everything in and fired it up, there was only a single listing on the contacts app, local. The name listed was, I can help. Are you at home? What? We can't talk if you're at home. No, I'm not. Good. That's good. Who is this? You can call me Niev. Okay, Niev. You want to tell me what's going on? How'd it feel? (laughs) The stunt you pulled kind of freaked me out a bit. Killing her. How did it feel? I... I've wanted to talk to you for a while. Just couldn't find the right time. Did it feel good? How do you know about that? Just keep my ears open, that's all. Lots of people have tried it over the years. Killing them. You're the only one I can think of that actually pulled it off. Kind of makes you the talk of the town, so to speak. Lots of people, huh? Look, if you don't stop being so fucking vague... You're what? Gonna hang up? (laughs) Yeah. They said you were a little impulsive. What do you want? I want to help you. If you let me. What you did to Mother is... How do you know about her? Mother was a very, very old thing. But she wasn't the oldest. The thing you need to understand is that there are agreements made. Packs formed. Understandings. And you broke that. You walked right into her sanctum and you stabbed her in the heart. You wanted vengeance, I know. But vengeance doesn't live and die in a vacuum. You were there for Sasha. Who do you think is going to come for Mother? I... Well, you're going to find out pretty quick if you're not careful. You think you've hurt? Yeah? You think you've lost? Honey... They're gonna tear you apart, limb from limb, and then they're gonna hurt you more than you ever thought possible. So, do I have your attention now? Yes. Good. Because this next part's going to suck. North Shore won't help you. What? They can't. All they're here for is to watch the fireworks fly and sweep up the ashes when it's over. You're just an asset to them, a science project. If you're going to make it through this, you need to protect yourself. How? Find the drowning aisle. The what? The drowning aisle. That's the only way you're going to survive what's coming. They don't think you can. But if you can pull this off... No, hang on a second. Listen. Start on Valdez. Follow the trail. He's already onto you. You won't have much time. Shit. I have to go. Wait! I tried calling back a couple times since, but doesn't even have a voicemail. The rest of the day just happened to me, like I was watching myself through a window as it happened. Catering gig was a cakewalk. Drinks with Marie and the gang afterwards. Sharp burning shots of whiskey at the narrow, then a few cans of beer on the walk home. We talk, we laugh, we snuggle. Netflix and leftover takeout. Just playing at normalcy. It's late now. Marie's already sleeping, and I'm in the living room, waiting for the chamomile to kick in. 
North Shore gave me pills in case I still had trouble sleeping, but honestly, I haven't taken them in months. Hall's asleep. Oats is curled up on my lap. The building's old, so every so often you hear this rattle or groan from the walls. I tried to decipher exactly what makes what noise. Is it someone's hot water pipes rattling around, or just someone shifting their weight on some really old floorboards above me? Or is it something in the walls, waiting for the right moment to come out? It's been over a year, and I still don't feel safe. Now more than ever. It's like someone stuck a live wire into my spine. This isn't going to go away. Not on its own. Okay, Google. What the fuck is a drowning aisle? You've been listening to The Drowning Isle, the second season of Duggan Hill, written by Andy Garland and produced by Time Signal Productions. Our theme song was written by Johnny99 and our logo was designed by Cara LaRose. For more information, you can find us online at DuggenHill.com or on Twitter at Duggan Hill Radio. From everyone at Time Signal, I'm Denise Ding, saying thanks for listening and carry on bravely. <laughs>